Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This week's episode of Do Go On is brought to you by our shows at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival that start this month. <laughs> I'm excited, Matt. I'm excited. Great. Two excitements and one... Ugh. Yeah, I'm just playing it cool. Yeah, you are cool. You are super, super cool. Now, we are doing four live podcasts. And you were saying the first one's... First two are nearly sold out? Yeah, the first two are really going like gangbusters. The third one, I don't know where the people are. <laughs> if, you want to, if you want to shift some units, the dates are March 28th for the should first one. Should we break Meso out of the glass box? Yeah, maybe we should. We need an emergency Nick Mason <laughs> to prop up the sales. March 28th, April 4th, April 11th, April 18th. They're all Saturday afternoons, 2 o'clock at the European Beer Cafe, which we've been at the last couple of years, and we absolutely love it there. And we hope to see you there. Tickets are on sale at comedyfestival.com.au. And it's not just four shows, you know? The comedy festival is not just for the weekends. It's not at all. No. There are Wednesdays, for example. And on those Wednesdays, who could we see? You could see Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart, separate shows, uh, one after Sadly. the other. 6 p.m. for Jess, 7 p.m. for me, and they're called Almost and Monkey House, respectively. Mm-hmm. You'll never guess which is which. And you can get tickets to those from comedyfestival.com.au. That's all three shows. Yeah, check it out. Type our names in. We'll come up. I'd love to see people do the triple on Saturdays. Yeah, that'd be sick. I'd love to see some hero do that. I reckon you get a high five if you do that. Yeah. Um, And uh, before I go to Melbourne, where I am now, (laughs) I'm going to Brisbane uh, for the Brisbane Comedy Festival. I think it's only five shows from the 10th to the 15th. That might be six. That sounds... That's six, isn't it, Dave? Uh, So assuming I'm doing all of those days, which I think I am, at the Powerhouse. (laughs) And it's going to be so much fun. It's basically the first time I'm doing the full show and I'm going to be having a good time. Yep. So you should come and look at me. <laughs> and those tickets are available at? com Slash gigs. gigs. Slash gigs. Type it in. Matt's shows will come up. We'd love to see you there. And uh, if not, have a great life. And I think for <laughs> Jess's and my uh, shows, you get a discount with podcasts. Yeah, use the promo code podcast for 20% off. 
I don't know what my percentage is. Hopefully it's the same as Jess's. I asked your producer. It's 20%. Okay, great. Oh, <laughs> I wanted mine good. to be the same because I didn't want that you to get more of a discount than me. Uh, I'm glad. That's good. I'm like, Jess, 20%. That sounds pretty generous. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Uh, oh, God. That you... means that means you could come see my preview show for like $15. That is so cheap. Oh, come, the to, first yeah, four... come to the first shows. They're the ones that are loose and fun. Yeah, they're really fun. You should come to those and they're cheaper. Figure out the shows with us. Yes, give us, like, help us grow. Play along. You know, by the end, I'm just going through the motions, you know? Mm. Come to the last show, it's going to be average because I'm just waiting for that I've never stiff had a drink at the show. end. No, of course you don't because it's on a Sunday. It's a Sunday. And you should always end on the every Saturday. Every year they, they've been one of the least fun shows. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Well, it's probably because of the thing you just said. Anyway, let's do the show. Woo! This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnke and I'm sitting here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello, David. Hello, Jess. Hello, Matt. Hello, David. Hello, Matt. Hello, Jess. We did it. Did we do it all? Yeah. We've all said it, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Should we all touch hands? No. No. Okay. Not with uh, the current state of world vir- virus. And honestly, so Dave, stop asking. <laughs> yeah, every five minutes. Is that too much? Yeah. All right, I'll back it off to every 10. 10. Every, every 10, 10 is years. reasonable. Thank you. Should we touch? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I forgot. I forgot my new rule. Hold, hold. <laughs> oh, it's good to be back here in the studio once again. Yes, I was just telling Jess before you arrived, Matt, that I'm excited for this. For this. I was at, hmm. at work at my day job thinking I'm excited to pod with you guys tonight, mainly because the responsibility of reporting is not up to me this week. It is Matt Stewart. It is. Dave's I... feeling a bit loose and uh, silly. Yeah. Mm. Should we hold hands? Oh. <laughs> That's different. So good so, job. So um, uh, the way the show works is one of the three of us research a topic. This week it's me. And we get onto the topic with a question. I'm going to ask that question now. Great. As is protocol. Okay. What is the most expensive Broadway musical of all time? Most expensive. The producers. The Phantom of the Opera. No, it's neither of those. Okay. It's it's not a particularly successful one. But it's expensive. Yes. Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Oh, Oh, did that get make it to the stage? Probably. (laughs) I don't think many sequels get a Broadway... Okay, what else is on Broadway? Okay, Uh, Wicked. That was very popular. That was the the movie that stunk. Yeah, box office wise. What does the is the Broadway show better? Oh yes, it was one of the most successful ones in history. Crazy. Okay, what what else is on Broadway? Well, uh, Clue. Clue. The Clue is um, it was it's based on a comic book. Oh, is this the uh, the Spider Spider Man? Man? Yes. Spider Man, turn off the dark. By the music by Bono. Yes. Oh no! Don't don't tell us you've done a report that's based around Bono. Uh, that has backfired once before, <laughs> live in Dublin. Only only you know it, it's not all Bono. Okay. Is there also the Edge? Yeah, the Edge is involved. Thank goodness. A little bit, but I don't talk about them all that much to be honest. Um, so this was suggested by Josh Shevel or Sheville and James Acker, and uh, yeah, it's. Was, it was, been fun. It's been fun reading and watching this musical. I just bumped into, I just did a gig around the corner and bumped into on my way out Meso and Bree Williams, comedian and podcasters. 
Yes. Yep. Also, tra- one of them drives a tram. And uh, Brie goes, I just said the words, do go on to Mesa. And I said, I'm just about to go do it, do go on. <laughs> and she goes, what are you doing it on? And I said, Spider-Man into the dark. And she said, oh, my God, I saw it. And she, and then we talked. That's why I was a little bit later than I should have been because we, we, the three of us talked about it for a little while. Great. Right, so she actually saw the... Production because it's famously not many people saw it. Is that why it's, uh, it's expensive? Is that why? No, that's not necessarily true. That did have a, quite a few come through, but anyway, I'll probably talk about probably it. Probably tens of hundreds. Really? As in over one thousand? No, I think thousands saw it, but you were like because it was wasn't on for forever. Tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. I'd say. Wow. Uh, I so I did numbers. Yeah, you did numbers real good. I did it. Let me begin. Please Please let me. Mm. In August 2002, it was announced that the stage musical based on Spider-Man would be produced for Broadway after Marvel Comics approached veteran theatre producer Tony Adams to buy the stage rights. The following month, Adams and his business partner, David Garfinkel, flew to Ireland and recruited Bono and the Edge of U2 fame to write the score for the show. 2002, it, there were phones. Why did you have to fly? It did sound like they were wandering the countryside until they <laughs> captured the Edge and Bono in a net. In a big sack. Drag them back. <laughs> we got them, boys. We got them. That's the dream. So they, I mean, yeah. And, and kind of an interesting choice in some ways because they'd never done, written any musicals before. But um, they had, a, they but had they written were, the theme to Golden Eye. They've always been a big band, like pretty much from when they began almost. They've been huge. But at this point, they were still super huge band, right? They uh, they were just a couple of years off their worldwide smash hit album, All That You Can't Leave Behind, which sold approximately 12 million copies. And they were about to release the equally huge worldwide number one album, How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. In short, they were a massive get. For the production. Huge get. That was a big net. Yeah. <laughs> really big. How I think, big? Like two football fields. That's how big it had what? to be. That's too big for two men. Yeah, I know. That's how big the edge is. Whoa. See that big? He's a big man. Have you ever seen him? No. There you go. Never. Yeah. They can't get photos of him. That's yeah, how big he is. so big. I've seen photos of his enough. thumb. Yeah. That's the that, most they could get. That's like the size of a human, his thumb. Whoa. He's a big man. I had no that idea. So how big. does he play guitar? No, it's big guitar. Big guitar, yeah. Hmm. Cool. That is cool. He puts. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> what, Dave? Oh, it was what does of, he do? Oh, he plays his guitar one string at a time. <laughs> I was trying to think of something like he puts his pants on one leg at a time, but I couldn't quite make it work. Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> okay. That would work jokes. better for bass player Adam Clayton. Adam Clayton. <laughs> at, at the suggestion of Bono. Julie Taymor. So, so who? Bono. Bodo. 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 We've got Bodo. No, I said Bono. We want Bono. Oh. Well, then who's this in the sack? I Hello, I'm from... Bodo. <laughs> Let me out, I'm Bodo. <laughs> got him from Irish Aldi. <laughs> he was the, the Aldi equivalent. Uh, <laughs> they had him in that case out the front. <laughs> at the suggestion of Bodo, uh, Julie Taymor was brought on to direct. Taymor was an acclaimed theatre director, most famously uh, bringing the Lion King movie to the stage, winning the Tony Award for Best Direction in a Musical in 1998 for her efforts. And I believe she was the first woman to win that award. And I think the Lion King musical, that we're talking about tens of thousands of tickets, I think that sold like over a million tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lion King is like crazy yeah. big. 
Um, so, so far, so good. Everything is bloody working. Yeah. They're nailing everything as they go. We've got all the best people on the job. You've got a, a great producer in Tony Adams, um, world famous rock stars to write the music. And like the, mo- the most popular superhero character. It's yeah. Frequently voted the, mo- the most popular, Spider-Man. Yeah, that's right. So mm. at this stage, it feels like it can't fail. It's too big to fail. Too big to fail. The sink, the ship won't sink. But it, it, the uh, sink won't ship. Yes, <laughs> I won't ship this sink. I'll ship everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> That's my mother. For I defy cliches. <laughs> so yeah, I, I want to warn you that it doesn't keep going well. Okay. Okay, just a heads up. But are you enjoying our fun mood though, or yes. are you finding it a bit tedious? No, I'm loving it. Can I just 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 confirm? Does Bodo live, <laughs> or do we lose? Bodo, Bodo? lives. Bodo lives. Yes. That's the sequel. <laughs> Uh, Spider-Man Botto lives. I mean, it Botto lives. I can never tell. I've only ever seen it written down. <laughs> By October 2005, the key players were ready to make it all official. The creative team met with the producers at the Edges apartment in Tribeca. Is that a, that's an area of the New, New York, York City? Yeah. To sign the contracts. <laughs> put that put like an American doing yeah. an Australian accent yeah. on that contracts, contracts. <laughs> I thought it was come on down sign the contracts oh yeah okay it was that then yeah that was must have been what it was <laughs> uh, so with the paperwork out the Edge went into another room to fetch a pen oh no when he returned producer Tony Adams had suffered a stroke oh my god oh my gosh before how long did Edge take <laughs> to find a pen I mean his house is probably massive yeah, yeah. Be a we say apartment. apartment it's probably got eight bedrooms yeah yeah, totally. And, and he couldn't remember which one had the pens in it. Yeah, so he was gone. He's checking them all. <laughs> he went to the pen room. And there was no pens. No pens. He thought, oh my God, I have to fire my pen keeper. <laughs> Jeeves, get here. <laughs> so he died uh, not long after. Oh, oh my, my God. Goodness. Only 52 years of age. And he'd never signed the contract. Didn't sign the contract. Because Edge didn't have fucking pens ready. No. Nah, probably wouldn't have helped. Yeah, that anyway, was a real sliding doors moment. I feel like it feels. Like, maybe looking back, they probably should have seen it as a bad omen. That's an omen. You leave the room and come back and the man is dying. Yeah. In an this is a cursed that's, production. That's awful. Yeah, yeah wow. Uh, so this was the first major blow to the production. Adams was a, the major driving force behind the production mm. and had great theatre production experience. Jeez, I've said production three times in that sentence, <laughs> which felt good. It felt natural, <laughs> it felt right. <laughs> According to an extensive article in the New York Times by Patrick Healy and Kevin Flynn, which I reference a bit, uh, they wrote, Others might have abandoned the project, but the Spider-Man team decided to go on with Mr. Adams' partner, David Garfinkel, as lead producer. Great name, David Mm. Garfinkel. Garfinkel. An able entertainment lawyer. Yeah, he's the Aldi Garfunkel. (laughs) Uh, An able entertainment lawyer, Mr. Garfinkel, had little producing experience and he ceded artistic decisions to Miss Tamer, a perfectionist whose aesthetic included never repeating herself. So this is Tamer from The Lion King. Mm. And that, so that was just something she lived by. She would never repeat herself. Yeah. As in like conversationally or her style of <laughs> I musicals? I think in music, in, like she would never repeat <laughs> any tricks or anything in her music. <laughs> it was like a, you can never say the I'll, same I'll word. Have a, I'll, I'll have a grilled cheese. Sorry, what was that? I never repeat myself. <laughs> so You figure it out. Surprisingly, <laughs> that's the first time I've ever said that. Yeah. That is actually my ethos. <laughs> I can never order the same thing twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Mr. Garfinkel did not take the tack that Disney had while working with Miss Tamor on their hit musical, The Lion King. Her genius flourishes best under supervision, apparently. And in this setup, she was let to go hog wild. Whose creativity works best under uh, someone else's strict rules. Yeah, no, that's interesting, isn't it? I think they're, they're basically saying she's got a, she's a genius, yeah. but she needs to be reined in by like a yin and yang sort of scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. right, otherwise she's just like, I spent $100 million on foil. You're like, yeah. no, no. <laughs> Do you think that's me? Uh, which one, the genius or the, the uh, strict supervisor? You know. You know which one I'm asking about. I'm not sure. Am I the genius and you guys rein me in? Oh. Do I work best when you can, you know, put put boundaries on me? I've stopped you from buying foil before. <laughs> Hundred million dollars worth. Yeah. <laughs> kind of nearly bankrupted the podcast. <laughs> a million times over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are worth a hundred dollars. Thank you. So neither of you have answered there, so I'm 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 the one who reigns in, aren't I? I I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't think every, I imagine not every partnership has of... has one and the other. I think I think you just don't want to tell me the truth. I don't know. I'm not sure. I I haven't. I don't think it's that obvious. I would say we all have elements of both. Do you want to genius? be a genius? I think we all have elements of genius, is what I just said, and I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Dave, do you, do you agree? Oh yes. Oh yes. I mean, Dave genuinely would though. Yeah. Dave would be like, yes, I think I'm a little bit of a genius. Yeah. Oh, just a little bit. <laughs> Jess and I are self-deprecating here yeah. and you're just sincerely calling yourself a genius. And this is us reining you in. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. The article goes on to quote uh, Jeffrey Seller, a veteran Broadway producer uh, who's never worked with Tamor directly, but he said, Disney knew to stay on top of Julie and ensure they were all working towards the same goals. It paid off royally. So he's sort of saying, he's basically saying the same thing. Yeah. Uh, with the creative team being let off the leash, the script got a bit out of control and so did the sets and seemingly all other elements. Of and then he morphs into a monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he, he he flies to the moon. We're going to get the real moon on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in 2009, Evan Rachel Wood was cast as Mary Jane and Alan Cumming as the Green Goblin. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know Which anything bit? about this this musical, to be honest. Oh, I didn't know anything about it either. Cool. I had seen one famous clip from Letterman where they performed on there. Oh. But I'd, and I'd forgotten about it. And I've since uh, the last few weeks, I've been watching it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's real great. You've got to watch it. I'll put a link to it in, oh, on our social media. It's like or whatever. because it's... Great or because it's bad? I don't know. All right. I can't, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it's both. Yeah, great. I think it is great, but it's also ridiculous, but it's great. Yeah, yeah, That's the perfect. Is it bad? I don't know. It's great. That is the I'm perfect loving watching it. Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. It's great and it's terrible and I love it and I hate it. And I don't know. That's perfect. It's making me feel everything. Yeah, that's art, baby. Uh, Love art. <laughs> oh, yeah. So which I haven't heard of Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, okay. Who's, who's she? She's an actress. Yeah. An actor. That makes sense, actually. Um, yeah, she's done a bunch of things. Uh, it's a great name, Evan Rachel yeah, Wood. Yeah, it's cool. Never heard of a woman, Evan. You'd probably know her face, I reckon. She's been in lots of things. The only For some reason I'm blanking and the only thing I can think of is Across oh, the Universe. Yes, which uh, was directed by Tamor. Oh, right. Okay, cool. I think. There you go. If I made that up. Um, I don't I think, know. I think that is true. That was a Simpsons reference. I no. did one. I did one. <laughs> Jacob. Jacob, I did one. That means nothing to most people. That's a Patreon only thing. 
You've lost the audience. <laughs> no, well, You've lost the confidence well, of the audience. Well, that audience can buy their way back into that joke by heading to <laughs> patreon.com slash dougalonepod. There's a Patreon who on the Facebook Patreon group, he uh, audits our weekly Simpsons references and, and puts them into a post and rates them. Honestly, I, I it's enjoy. a lot of pressure on him now because he started it and now he's sort of he's stuck doing it forever. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob, we release you from this. Yeah, we whatever love you it, want, it's fine. But please don't feel... If this is making you feel bad or stressed. Yeah. But also give me that one because I don't usually yeah, make beat this the at boys. least the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't usually beat the boys to a Simpsons reference. And it was a it was a pretty weak one, but it's like a classic. Yeah. Classic Homer going yeah. in for the his kind of saying is Mr. Burns, and what's your first name, Mr. Burns? <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> so Evan Rachel Wood, Alan Cumming, two big stars. I've now I know Alan Cumming, but yeah, they're two pretty big stars mm. in two of the key roles. But as 2009 went on, the production found itself in debt of around 25 million dollars. Whoa! Uh, and a realistic opening date for the show was nowhere in sight. Fuck! That's, that's a lot. lot of million dollars. Yeah. Okay. I think I mentioned this later, but maybe I should tell you now for perspective. A normal Broadway production costs around five to fifteen million. Okay. What, just to set it up, get it going. To put it on. Yeah. This to one. put it on, right. They're already this one in. they haven't even started and they're in debt $25 million. Shit. So it's ground to a halt and it isn't, um, isn't anywhere yet. Shit. Uh, and obviously bad. the only way to get the money back is to put it on and exactly. sell the tickets. Yeah, oh, my yeah. God. And so the tickets are now $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> and we still need to sell $1 million. For the cheap sh- cheap seats. It soon became clear that Garfinkel wasn't going to be able to raise the extra capital required, and he was perhaps in over his head. So in late 2009, he was replaced by concert promoter Michael Cole, who also had little Broadway background. Um, as well, uh, he was one, and also the man who... Whose company made the production sets, Jeremiah J. Harris. What? Uh, they that. came in to be the main backers. And I, Jeremiah wasn't J. Harris. It's a great name. I really thought you'd come in with the with the what? bass there, but okay. I'm not sure what the boom, reference boom, is. Boom. Was an old friend of mine. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. And also, Jeremiah J. Harris is also kind of similar to the editor from Spider-Man, right? What's his name? Oh, no. oh fuck. No, that's the second reference to it today, and now I've blanked. Uh, uh, J. Jonah Jamison. Okay. Actually, it's not too Not far. that close. Well, it's J.J. Yep. Just it's not very, J. J. very close. <laughs> I've slipped into a dimension where I don't understand anything either of you say. So Peter Parker's character is like a writes for a newspaper. And the editor of that newspaper is J. Jonah Jamison. J. Yeah. <laughs> what I said, I think. Uh, Joey Jojo <laughs> Shamadu. <Junior laughs> Shamadu? That's the worst name I ever hey, heard. Hey, Joey Jojo! <laughs> it does sound like the, the writer just thought that up. Yeah. But it's, it's funny that um, none of these producers have had any Broadway background, but this guy, Jeremiah J. Harris, literally made theatre backgrounds. He was a set... <laughs> <laughs> so is that a, uh, Does that count? Does that count? Is that something? That's, that's, something? that's good stuff. Harris was quoted in the Times saying, Michael and I took over a show that was dead, was uh, sinking. 
We got pumps running in the first couple of days. We raised thirty million for the show. Whoa! It made it sound like he raised that in days. That can't be right, right? But anyway, so he was a he's a big deal in the music world, and got they got cash together pretty quickly. So we're back on track, baby. Um, he then went on to imply Garfunkel, Garfinkel, right? Garfinkel. He then went on to imply Garfinkel screwed up the show and called him a schmuck, saying, oh. "You can quote me on this." <laughs> and we have we did. schmuck 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 is so good and you've already taken Schmuck's away his musical yeah yeah and it, and, it, and away from his dead partner too I mean come on he didn't have many nice things to say about Garfinkel and if that didn't break your heart already oh, Garfinkel's no. reply oh. he said oh come on man no he said I'm, <laughs> he said I'm very happy these guys came in to help the show I don't have an ego I just care about the show oh, <laughs> I'm like oh god oh, Oh this guy's a schmuck. Oh, I'm really glad you guys are here. Thank you so much for helping out. Oh, please I just really another. want the show to be great. Then he just seems like he's too gentle of a soul oh. for the cutthroat world of Broadway musicals. Mm. Anyway, so he's he's out. Oh. Oh, is he coming back? Please tell me he comes back at the end. No. Oh, I really like him. And as far as I know, he sailed into space wow. on, a, on a space sailboat. That was one of the scenes in the Never musical. Yeah. <laughs> that he's like, we've already designed an actual working space <laughs> yeah. sailboat. We may as well use it. Uh, the delays in production led to both Evan Rachel Wood and Alan Cumming having to quit. Alan Cumming in particular left due to his character on The Good Wife becoming a regular. And by the following year, though, <laughs> when asked about leaving the production, he said, quote, my God, that was a lucky escape. Jesus Christ, talk about dodging a bullet there. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> he really ramped up there, didn't yeah. he? Exclamation marks, capital letters. Schmucks everywhere! <laughs> Coming was replaced by Patrick Page and Jonathan... Jonathan? Jennifer. <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> oh, boy. Any Jennifers out there? You are now Jonathan. <laughs> never heard of a girl called Evan or Jonathan. And I am Jenethica. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Damiano replaced Evan Rachel Wood. Reeve Carney ended up playing Peter Parker and TV Cap- Carpio played Arachne. Are we supposed to recognise these names or is it the point I, that they, the A-listers were replaced by I believe these B-listers. are all some sort of actors. Uh, but, yeah, the A-listers aren't there anymore. Anyway, uh, all of these actors were also had also left the production within a few years. Uh, <laughs> because are they presumably you're contracted and you're saying no to other jobs? Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, Cole was very good at raising funds, but he didn't have any interest in overseeing the artistic side of the production. According to the Times, uh, left largely to their own devices, Miss Tamor hired top dollar stars to design the sets and costumes and to choreograph the show. The costume team alone had twenty three people, four designers, four shoppers, and fifteen dresses. If the show works, all the money will be a moot point, Miss Tamo said later. If it doesn't, it'll be a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, wow. She's really flying high, That's hoping for the think. best. Yeah, it's a lot of belief, I think. Is that a fairly brazen use of the word tragedy, too, yeah, do you feel? Is, like, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. This is when? Two th- early 2000s? Yeah. I think we knew a thing or two about tragedy this by that time. This is in a post-9-11 post world, so um, yeah, she should know better. She should know better than to just throw the T word around. Yeah. Well, Broadway tragedy. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yes, of course. I'm sure that's what she was meaning. Implied. Yeah. Uh, as well as directing, Tamor also wrote the book, 
which in musicals is the script, basically. Mm, well, the, and the, the, yeah. Is that right? Not the, not the lyrics. Not the lyrics. The songs, the song. but all the story stuff. Right. Uh, she added a new character to the show, who I mentioned just before. Speedy Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Speedy Moon. Yes. Spider Man's moon based <laughs> counterpart. And he's no longer a moon, he's more of a vampire. <laughs> Buddy Speedy. Uh, no, you, you're close, but it was it was not Speedy Moon. It was a villain named Arachne, Arachne. based on a character from Greek mythology. With the same name. Arachne. Arachne, yes. yes. Well done. Why do you think when Spider-Man's got such a rich history of <laughs> bad guys that we all know and love, would she just make up a new one? Well, she's a genius. Well, okay. Dave, she's a genius. She's a genius. Okay, she's... you're reining her in a little too much right yeah. now. you got to just... you got to. I, I thought they liked her to be reined in. Oh, yeah, but not too much. you got to rein in just a yeah. little bit. Don't blanket the genius. If it was no. up to me, I'll just lock her in a box. Hmm? See how she goes. Dave, that's... No, literally? That's terrible. Yeah, literally? Yeah, literally looking you're talking about like a coffin? Yeah. You're going to put her in a yeah, coffin? You're going to bury her alive? Art flourishes <laughs> under a stressful situation. That is true. No, he has one me around there. <laughs> put her in a box. Put her in a box. Dave. Lock it up. It's three weeks to a comedy festival. Can you put me in a box? Yeah, I, honestly, you'll come out the other side angry at me, but also thankful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always angry at you, yeah. but thankful for you. Oh, thanks, Dave. Yeah. Ah! Oh, God, my back really hurts, but I've come up with some really funny <laughs> jokes. Uh, so this is Tamor explaining uh, the Arachne decision. Tying the story back to mythology was the main thing that movies haven't done, which is something I really wanted to do. <laughs> I love the, the Spider-Man f- films. The one thing, main thing they haven't done is tie it back to mythology. I also only just got Arachne and Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> I was like, hmm, that's weird. <laughs> now I get it. It's a spider thing. But so she's watched uh, the very successful films and yeah. thought, I need to do what they didn't do. Yeah. yeah. And the one thing they didn't do, as you just said, is have Greek mythology. What a fun idea that in her mind, this is the main thing they didn't do. She's comparing every film to to Hercules. Right, yeah. The main thing they did do, <laughs> tie it back to Greek mythology. Yeah, and see how great that was. Yeah. What is it, like uh, Hercules in Manhattan or whatever that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie was called? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I only did that report last week and I can't remember. I think that was right. Anyway, her quote goes on to say, it's something you can do in the theatre. Go into this absolutely dreamlike mythic place out of time between reality and the dream world. That's where I live. (laughs) (laughs) You can see that in everything I've done. I live in a box in a dream world. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) She's great. Big fan. Love genius. Genius. Unbridled genius is so fun. So good. Uh, the character complicated the show's story as there was already an arch villain in their story named the Green Goblin. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, rehearsals began in July 2010. In nearly all elements of the show, the team tried to break new ground, which is something they were all very proud of. The Edge and Bono and the rest of the team were breaking new ground. Mm. Everything. Everything, if there's an easy way that's already been done, let's make it harder. <laughs> uh, the uh, the audience are on the stage and we'll perform in the seats. <laughs> yeah. No one's done it before. I'm using a new type of guitar. It's made with knives. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Edge. <laughs> 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 
Fuck! <laughs> it sounds great. It's so beautiful. The emotion. Oh, I love it. I can feel your pain in the way that you play. <laughs> Bono's like, and I'll be Mirrorball Man. <laughs> <laughs> He's painting himself silver. Yeah. Bono, just just to remind you, you're not in the show. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> uh, I'm a what? So all this, all this new ground that they were breaking, obviously added to the expense as well as uncovering new problems. Yeah, it's just holes. They put holes everywhere. All that <laughs> they, ground they were a lot uncovering. of digging. A lot of archaeological sites were ruined. Yeah. The one thing uh, that I've seen uh, in theatre that they haven't ever done was holes in the stage. <laughs> Oh, but in random spots yeah. that are changed every night just yeah. to add a little bit of drama for the actors. Where yeah. they normally put an X for the actor to hit a mark, that's now a that's hole. That's a hole. <laughs> and uh, you will break your ankle. Yeah. Did you uh, hit the hole on downstage <laughs> when you hear this note? <laughs> ah! That's uh, that's the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Who is now known as Mirabal Man. Yeah. Uh, in most... Uh, according to the Times, in most productions, performers fly in parallel planes. This is one of the big new things they did. So when you're talking about um, the acrobatic sort of stuff flying across the the ceiling of the venue, uh, most productions, performers fly in parallel lanes. You know what? I, yeah. You understand parallel. Don't so you're not going to hit each other. Yes. Like children on adjoining swings, the Times helpfully explains. But the aerialists in Spider-Man cross lines. They intersect. Oh, so they can, for example, battle in the air. One character riding on the back of another, like something from a movie or a dream. What? A sex dream. <laughs> oh, yeah. To pull this off, the producers hired 35 stagehands <laughs> and the man who coordinated the flying for the Spider-Man movies. They hired seven stage managers, where an average musical has three or four. The aerialists were sent out west for training and the back of the theatre was packed with enough computers to travel uh, to track travel to the moon. <laughs> So they've... Sorry, what? There's two things there. They I mean, were that's... sent out west. What do you mean by that? Uh, California, I'm guessing. Hollywood. <laughs> they sent so them out west. Always in New York. Back in the wild, wild west. Yeah, yeah, they sent them back in They've got to learn to ride a horse before they can ride a man. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, they had enough computing power to what, track, track a trip travel to the moon. to the moon, yeah. What they brought in, like all those NASA computers yeah. in the late 60s. And they were mostly using it just to update I'm guessing, the socials. Yeah, that, that, it was just a social media. Yeah. That's the Times using a bit of hyperbole, I, I assume, but maybe that is literally, I wouldn't be surprised if that's literally Matt, the case. Matt, it's pronounced hyperbole. Hyperbole, sorry. <laughs> this is embarrassing so for you. Embarrassing. Oh. Oregano. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, th- this is a thing that um, potentially, you know, so there's existing systems where they could fly parallel and it would be fine. It would just be like, we'll just get a system that's already in place. But they've gone, no, we're going to invent a new system because it's never been done. This it would normally be done with pulley systems and mm. stuff. In this case, it was mechanical. So if one small part of the system failed during the show, people are just stuck hanging <laughs> and the show has, and that happened. <laughs> I mean, the system works for a reason, right? Yeah. Well, I suppose there's also you also want to innovate. I do get that, but I mean, these acrobats have been what trained on this method. Yeah. Of the lane, staying so in the, your lane, and they've all of a sudden had to hire so many more people. Just seven to make stage it work. managers sounds crazy. Yeah, that sounds confusing. Yeah. Um, so clearly, a lot of effort was going into the uh, making the flying sequences a huge spectacle. But Bono knew these wouldn't be enough to make the show a success, saying that if wow moments only come from the stunts and not from the soul or the heart, we will all think 
that we've failed. Now I'm starting to see why the Irish crowd booed me off stage. <laughs> Jess, you were just during that sentence. I don't know if you saw it, Matt, because you were looking at your computer. That Jess rolled her eyes so hard that yeah. they went backwards, came down again, then sort of went to the centre of her of her brow like she was looking at a magic eye in anger. Yeah. I felt rage at that sentence. From the soul or the heart. Oh, you think these tricks are good, do you? Yeah, of course I fucking do, Bono. Not here for the soul. <laughs> I would love to hear some of the lyrics. Spider-Man. How could there be soul? How could there be soul? How? Just how? <laughs> I just made myself laugh. It's very funny. Oh, I'm a spider man. It's the wrong accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> without having a show to sell tickets to yet, the production continued to bleed money and the opening of previews continued to be pushed back time and again. As such, Cole, the producer, set a date for the preview run of the show to begin in November, whether it was ready or not. At this point, the budget had blown out to approximately $65 million. What? And you said before Jesus. 15 is a pretty, uh, that's a high mark. Yeah, 15 is high. Shit. So this is breaking records. At this time, The Edge and Bono were busy with U2 and missed the first preview shows as they were on tour in Australia. They were busy with us. Yeah, they were down here. They were busy with Dave and I. Oh, yes, great. Sorry, you're doing a U2 thing. That's good. I don't consider before that is a confusing name. I wonder if that's ever run them into trouble before. Confusing to me because I also said they were down here in Australia. Yeah, no, sorry. With U2. And then my head exploded. I didn't get, I didn't get in quick enough. As is always the way. <laughs> but yeah, I assume were they? What were you guys up to? Having a cup of tea. Yeah. Having a little cup of. Yeah, I remember them mentioning that they were missing those previews, but the tea we had was sensational. Yeah. How, did, how big was the edges tea? Oh, so big. Yeah, would have had to. Have it was a pool. We had to hire a swimming pool and fill really? it with tea, and Holy he sucked shit. it dry. Did he? Yeah. Just sucked it. He sucked One it. slurp, and we thought, oh, can we get you another tea? The edge. Please, and we were thinking, please, please say no. Please, please say no. We've only got one pool. And he was polite for a bit and he said, no, thank you. But then later he was like, you know what? I will have another team. We were like, fuck! Oh, no. Shit. We had to. We... Takes a long time to steep a pool. <laughs> the edge. And we, you know how many kettles we had to use? Dave, I lo- how many kettles was it at the end? 1,706. 1,706. Wow. I said, can we lose six of them? Could he have slightly less tea? And Dave said, no. Can we put some cold water in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're all hot, you know? Yeah. Cheesy. Uh... The Edge knows how to suck. Um, <laughs> that sounds to be true. But it sounds like they also were just, they were in and out all the time. Apparently they'd it, be like, we're going to be in town uh, for an afternoon and we can pitch some ideas. Here's some ideas we've had. And then they're flying off again. So they're, they're yeah, writing right. the music and the lyrics for the musical and they're hardly ever around apparently. Because it, by now it's been years, hasn't it? Yeah. Since the Since ideas they, floated. Yeah, exactly. 2002 was when it, the idea began. And we're up to 2010 now. Eight years. It's a long time. In the Spider-Man character. I haven't done anything for eight years. Well, I worked at a supermarket for that for longer than that. Better the supermarket, you in and out. They went, yeah, I can uh, pitch a few ideas. <laughs> I was trolleys here. <laughs> was I've got to go. I'm flying off to uh, do a tour. Yeah, got to um, go do a tour I'll, of Peru. I'll push a couple of trolleys here, but mm. I've really got to go push some trolleys in Peru. So <laughs> you could uh, maybe just... Get your people to call my people. Yeah. Pass on some notes. Here's some great idea. What if we make the trolleys red? I know they're silver now. They have been for a long time, but let's paint make them, them red. all. Okay, bye. And make them upside down so the wheels are on the top. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, so yeah, they were, they were not really around that much. Um, maybe luckily for them, that Australian tour meant they missed out on seeing the disastrous opening week of previews or weeks. Uh, according oh, to the, weeks of disaster. Oh no. Well, yes. According to the Guardian, the first preview had to be stopped five times. What? Uh, what? <laughs> Do you think each time one of the seven stage managers comes out and says, sorry, sorry, guys, we've just got to reset. Sorry, sorry about that. Do they do any dress rehearsals or are they using the previews for that? It's uh, the first time anybody's been in a costume. Well, there's a lot of pressure to get it started, I think. I mean, they were rehearsing for a long time. People aren't even off book yet. They're still holding scripts yeah. on stage. Just wanted to show that I knew the, the phrase uh, off book. Off book. <laughs> Prompt. Uh, Prompt. Line. I know the uh, phrase off piste. Which uh, means skiing something. So, huh. Huh. guess we all know things. <laughs> yeah. Dave, what Mine's do you know? I know the phrase but... jacked off. Oh, okay. And what it means. What's it mean? Well, I won't repeat it. Something about S- pumping on. Something to do with, with uh, skiing. Yeah. You know oh. what I mean? Off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a few slopes, if you know what I mean. <laughs> what is that? What, no, well, no, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> all right. Well, I asked if you knew <laughs> I thought I was close, and now I'm. Oh, no, I've got no, no idea. idea. I thought it was ski related. Now I'm convinced it's not at all. Okay. Uh, act one ended prematurely with Spider-Man stuck dangling ten feet above audience members. The New York Times said, <laughs> "Just give us a push." <laughs> the audience members have big sticks. Yeah. Ow! Ow! Oh, jeez! Oh, push! Not there. Don't hit! Oh my god! So if it's a pulley system, you know, you're just pulling a rope. But this is like, ah, uh, the computer's frozen. Oh no! That's such a bad so idea. So you're just dangling up there for a bit now. But the good mate. news is, uh, NASA just made it to the moon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> computers are telling And we watched that. it all the way yeah. there. The New York Post warned that at various points, overhead stage wires dropped on the audience. A real immersive experience. Oh my god! <laughs> so cables are falling on the audience. Yeah. That's bad. Sorry, sorry. Sorry to get technical with your drama degree over there, but... That's bad. Okay, so this isn't how it should go? No. Okay. Wires stay in roof. Right. Okay. That, was, that, 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 was, that was one of the director's notes at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Cast, gather around, I've got some notes. Question mark. Wires stay in roof. What do we think? What do we think? Uh, it's on nah. their show report that night. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then Tamer comes and goes, no, I did that once before. I don't repeat I myself. I don't repeat myself. Wires on the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I've had them in the room before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Guardian's Hermione Hobie wrote, at the preview performance I attended, bits of scenery fell over. Fuck. There were ominous thuds, and a stagehand came on to fiddle with Peter Parker's harness as he was singing a duet. <laughs> <laughs> Might have taken you out of it a bit. <laughs> Oh, this really took me out of the scene. <laughs> yeah, because it's always... Where Peter Parker is singing a duet. That's the thing about musicals. I was so in that scene yeah. until I saw that stagehand. Fiddle. Fiddle with Peter Parker's harness. I just remembered that there's no such thing as a Spider-Man. <laughs> or a duet. Yeah. And that I'll always be alive. <laughs> oh. So I just started fiddling with his harness. Yeah, a little fiddle. One of my favourite things is when you uh, watch uh, a pro band, like a one with a huge show and they change yeah. guitar every song. They break a string, the roadie comes out, give them a new new guitar or they restring it whilst the person's still yeah, playing and amazing. they don't even look back, like, don't even worry about it. I yeah, love that. Or they throw great. the guitar, you know, 15 metres to the side of the stage and the roadie catches it. Yeah. It's like that, but <laughs> you're dressing the Spider-Man costume. I'm also imagining a very obvious looking harness. Like yes. I'm imagining Spider-Man in quite a shit Spider-Man <laughs> costume and then over is like a very obvious black 
like straps that go across the thighs, then up around the hips, then one across the middle I, here. I think though, yeah, you can't hide, like a skin tight Spider Man suit can't hide a harness. So I think it was pretty obvious that they were. I listened to this podcast uh, called You Talking You Two to Me. Yes. And they did an episode about this. Uh, it was like a two hour episode and they didn't mention it. Like the episode was about this musical. And I think they started talking about it about an hour and a half in, <laughs> which is uh, their way. But they talked about it like it was pretty big, clunky looking harnesses. Right. I don't remember it. Like it wasn't, there was a, there was a scene in Wicked where um, one of the characters flies and it like you don't necessarily see big the harness. flowing sort of witch dresses. Does that help? Yeah. And I think like. I think it's probably something on her belt or something and the stagehands come out in, in morph suits and just right. attach something to her. Yeah, like that's they a long attach time a, ago. a pulley to her, I imagine. Yeah. Like yeah, everyone else does. Yeah, and people picked her up. <laughs> yeah. Real people. Yeah. Uh, in the December 20 preview, stuntman and actor Christopher Tierney's harness wasn't attached to the safety cord. Oh, my God. This meant he fell 30 feet through the stage into the orchestra pit, <gasps> leading to a fractured skull, fractured shoulder blade, four broken ribs, and three broken vertebrae. 30 feet? Yes. Isn't that wild that he survived? That feels... And he survived. Survived. He returned to the production. No! <laughs> so he, he broke his back. Yeah. And broke and his, his, his skull. skull. And his ribs, and yeah, m- m- fuck. Uh, that night's performance was abandoned. <laughs> so that was in front of an audience. Oh, my God. Imagine think... seeing that. I would be sick. Oh, the sound of him hitting the ground would Every, be Would everyone awful. be like, whoa, this is amazing. Oh, <laughs> oh no. 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 Yeah. And the reaction of people around you be like, oh, no, that is... But Real so, good acting, or yeah. I think but this is not. He's gone into the orchestra pit, and you just hear. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> no. <laughs> he lay his head landed in a tuba or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like, oh fuck, you'd be shitting yourself. Everyone there would have been, but yeah, amazing to me that he went. I think it was him or one of the other guys that got injured. He went said afterwards. One of the he, other guys that got injured. Yeah, he, oh, po- yeah. he posted about it on his social media apparently and said, someone said, oh, what happened? Because he showed himself in cast and stuff. And he goes, oh, I'm not sure how much I can say. But anyway, these things happen. Um, you know, no one's fault. It's like, I think, it's, oh, I think, I think that might be someone's fault. fault. Surely there's a dedicated person to yeah. the safety. I feel like one of the seven, you know, there's so, such a huge team. Maybe the team's too big. Yeah, it absolutely is. Nobody can get their job done. I thought done. you were the one who was meant to, yeah, they can't even yeah. walk past each other. Oh, I'm trying to get over there to put the, <laughs> oh, no, he's up. Oh, he's oh no, he's down. They've also got one office with one computer. <laughs> but it is also tracking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can play Frogger. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty sick, actually. Let me, let me have a go. My go. Okay, guys, we're going to need to put together a roster for Frogger. <laughs> it's a froster, okay? <laughs> it's fun. Thank you. They're, they're fun backstage there. Yeah, it's fun. Know? We're having a good time. People are falling from the sky, but we're enjoying ourselves. Having a great time. 30 feet. Far out. So too bo- far. So Bono missed all that because he was down here hanging oh. with you two in that big pool of tea. Come on, Bono. Uh, Wait, well, I, was it Bono's job? <laughs> <laughs> Bono, where were you? You're supposed to clip the safety harness on and now you nearly killed a man. He's like, oh no, I was playing stadiums in Australia. <laughs> Damn it, I knew oh, yeah. I was meant to be somewhere. Yeah, he didn't see a show until five weeks into previews and when he did, he noticed the sound quality in the theatre wasn't up to scratch. The mu- music producer was called in to remake the sound system 
so we had to come in and just fully redesign it. This is this is like the theater they're doing it in Foxwood Studios or whatever it's called is a heritage listed building, and they're making all these these new tracks on the ceiling and stuff. So all that's super expensive as well because they've got to have professionals in to not damage any of the yeah. heritage listed ceilings and all that sort of stuff as well. But apparently the set got so big. I think I heard this on the you talking to you to to me as well, uh, where they. The set got so big that it basically got built out in front of the sound system. So the set's blocking <laughs> the sound coming out properly. And Bono, I think, maybe was the first to notice it or the first one to go like, this is not good enough. But the sound sounds... Bono's like, what, what's with that? They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, a lot, right? lot of audiences have been leaving pretty confused at the end of the show. I love you, Peter Parker. Yeah, well done. Thank you. Uh, so he came in, basically goes, oh, this is a problem you need to fix. And then they were off on tour again with you too. <laughs> <laughs> Flies in, bada bing, bada boom. Despite the troubles, ticket sales were good. And uh, during its first full week of 2011... It had the highest box office gross on Broadway with over 1.5 million in sales. Wow. That's good. Really good. Yeah. The preview shows. <laughs> That's good. Really good. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, if, if it ran like that for a year, they'd make all their money back. Yeah. Like, sometimes these shows run for 20. Yeah, that's right. So they're, they're still, as it's starting to get out there, the team is starting to feel good about it. Mm. And they're talking about that publicly. Like, we've, there's been a lot of trouble, but it's starting to feel like it's coming together. We can see how this can turn into a success now. Uh, oh boy! The preview shows, as you, I'm sure you two theatre kids would know, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know how much I knew this. They're they're, they're really there to iron out kinks, and um, reviewers don't come in until they officially open. But they so were still pro- writing about the production, though. Yes, you basically normally do it. It's almost like you're doing it publicly, but not officially. And so you're not being judged on it, really. And customers don't pay full ticket prices as well. Right. Uh, Throughout the Much whole- like the preview shows of the Melbourne International yeah, Comedy Festival. Come on those early nights. Those early nights, they're cheaper. There's no reviewers there. Little boo, stinky reviewers. And, um, you know, we're just all about the kinks. We figure it out. But unlike you guys, what you might have two or three previews. What have they got, like six months of they're previews? Up to, yeah, I think they get in uh, hundreds of preview shows. Hundreds? Uh, I have four. That's crazy. I mean, my show is not a theatre production, to be honest. I do not, and sorry for the spoilers, I do not fly from the ceiling at any do you, stage. Do you not? Well, I might. Yeah, okay. You want to keep it on the down low, I yeah. know. I know you. You know what I'm like. Pyrotechnics? No. Yeah, oh, couldn't possibly. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find uh, one of the suggested actors. He gave me a... Uh, James Acker, one of the guys who suggested it, said that... Uh, he gave me a number for previews. Ah. He That's said, handy. Uh, I was in previews for 182 shows. 182 shows? Which is a, a record. <laughs> that is crazy. crazy. I mean, yeah, like how many shows would not ever put on that many as an it's, If you open? do one a night, that's six months of shows. Yeah. And they did not. Um, so, this, yeah, this was stretched out for a while. So, anyway, so they're trying to iron out these kinks in the previews and they keep extending, pushing back the official opening because there's more and more kinks. Uh, throughout the whole process, the script's being edited um, new songs, I think, were, might have been being written oh through part of this stage. Uh, although I did read one of the writers said no songs were taken out. The 
Edge and Bono really believed in their tunes. It sort of seems <laughs> Even though like they weren't really there to see them. That yeah, much. it seems like if you did go to see one of the preview shows and lived to tell the tale, um, <laughs> you went crushed by a cable or a man. <laughs> if you then went and saw it out of preview, it would be two completely different shows. Yes, hundred percent. And I do talk about a reviewer who saw it early and later, and wow, and he can. And compares the two experiences. In the later show, there wasn't even a Spider-Man. They wrote him out. (laughs) Boring. (laughs) Uh, So uh, the cast... (laughs) Boring. During the previews, uh, the cast often rehearsed one version of the show in the afternoon before performing a different version that night. What the fuck? So they might be... Their script's being edited, so they're rehearsing the new style, but it's not ready yet, so they've got to perform the other show... The older version of the show that night, so it's very confusing. So I imagine confusing. to be in the cast. Um, as a general rule, the critics, like I was saying, don't review a show when it's in preview mode. But because the production suffered so many delays, critics seem to collectively break this convention of waiting, uh, and they all started reviewing it during the preview run. Uh, when the major theatre critics published reviews in Feb, Ruary, they were <laughs> nearly. Oh, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> February. Can someone say... Just say Feb. Feb. I did, and then I felt like a coward, so I tried to finish February. it. February. February. <laughs> Forget about the, the sneaky R. Is the sneaky R silent? It's not really. It's like real soft. February. If you just say February, people... Dave, are, I can I'm see pre- Dave's mouth thinking about it. I'm pretty sure I just dropped silent? the R okay. February when yeah, I, I say it. February. When the major theatre critics published reviews in February, they were <laughs> nearly... So hang on. Say it with a bit of confidence. You can do it. When the major theatre critics published reviews in February, they <laughs> were nearly universally negative. Oh, nearly. Okay. Yeah. Right. Focusing okay. on that nearly. Not Scholar bad. Scholar Daniel Mendelssohn noted many were critical of Tamar's attempt to bring in the myth of Arachne into the Spider-Man story, saying it turned the show into, quote, a grotesque hybrid and meant the plot was bloated by having two unrelated main villains, <laughs> Arachne and Green Goblin. Oh, they kept the Green Goblin. Yeah. I They're don't think, two villains. And I don't think the sto- their stories intersected at all. They were just... Apparently it was a lot to take in for audiences. They're like, what is happening? Oh, man. According to a review at the time in the New York Times, Ben Brantley wrote, for a story that has also inspired hit action movies, it, it is remarkably static in its telling. He went on to say that it may rank among the worst Broadway musicals of all time. Ooh. Which is pretty, that's pretty damning. I mean, it's hard to try and find the, the <laughs> quote to put on your poster from that. <laughs> this may rank as the worst may, Broadway. <laughs> in capitals, <laughs> may. Um, according to The Guardian, the producers were furious about the preview reviews with, uh, <laughs> we have preview reviews. <laughs> <laughs> preview <No>. reviews. <laughs> preview reviews. Uh, saying, we have one of the world's foremost theatrical artists at the helm of this production and she is creating something exciting and groundbreaking, uh, says Cole, the one of the producers. Why any critic would feel that they have the right to determine when the show is ready for review is beyond me. As far as I'm concerned, the show is ready when Julie says it's ready. Oh. Wow. Uh, yeah, obviously the critics disagreed. The addition of Arachne wasn't the only part of Tamor's book that came in for a caning, though. Another one of her inventions was the Geek Chorus. Okay, Dave, this sounds up your alley. (laughs) Oh, Pythagoras' theorem. (laughs) Oh, Spider-Man. How are you? Oh, 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 no, 
my spilled cheese on my sandwich. I mean, my my chest. <laughs> I spilled cheese on my sandwich. And then I'm a jock, and I walk in. I'm in the jock chorus, and I walk in. I give you a wedgie. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Yeah. Run. And then like the 30 people dressed as nerds run. <laughs> yeah. Is that how it goes? Uh, no. Oh. Um, Do you say geek chorus or Greek chorus? <laughs> geek. Oh, you did think, say geek. I, think, I was thinking. That is a pla- that's a that's some sort of a pun though, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a, the Greek choruses. Yeah. That's how the ancient Greeks. And they would, but the, they'd sort of narrate the show for the audience. They're the ones yeah, talking. Sort of so that's in, basically what the idea was. Only this was uh, four comic book geek characters. Who acted as the show's narrators? Cool, but I mean that they joke, rap. <laughs> that joke really only works if someone refers to them as the geek chorus. Otherwise, you have to. Maybe what? they do. Maybe. They- Please welcome the geek <laughs> chorus. Get it? It's a play on Greek. Like Greek. <laughs> you guys get theatre, yeah. According to Tamor, the four characters represented Bono, the Edge, fellow book writer Glenn Berger, and herself. So they've sort of oh, written themselves into the show in a little way. Lame. And she's a genius. <laughs> Uh, this is a- uh, Dave. She did a like a cover of the Greek chorus. Yeah, I get it. That's clever. She modernised the Greek chorus, geek chorus. Yeah, and geek. then put herself in there. Yeah, sort of, or someone sort of representing her. Uh, this was her talking about the creative process when uh, they did catch up. She said, "We wouldn't be at Bono's house in France or another one of our places. The four of us all tossing out ideas and setting up tape recorders to make sure our thoughts were captured." We were like our own geek band, and we loved having that spirit in the show. <laughs> Jess has got a great grimace on her face. Hanging out at Bono's house in France. We've got to get, we're all saying great things. Geek chorus, hope you got that on tape. <laughs> oh, on tape. According to the Times, critics trashed the device, one calling it utterly superfluous. The geek chorus was soon written out of the show. Oh, oh no! So it didn't. It didn't see. It didn't survive to opening night. Right. So they're pissed off about the the reviews, but, but really they're also they're, going, "Well, oh, this is yeah, good feedback." They've got a point. Thanks yeah. for the feedback. Yes. Uh, Four. We thought this was great until everyone said it wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> we thought, hmm, wonder if there's something in that. <laughs> there were many other elements that were criticised for being confusing. For instance, in the second act. There's a song called Deeply Furious, where Arachne dispatches her spider women from their astral plane to, st- to steal shoes from a shop in Manhattan. <laughs> I mean, Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? If it doesn't have soul, what's the point? Go get those shoes, ladies. Well, you know, I mean, that's a, I think that's a Tamor flourish there. I'm not blaming Bono for that one. We, we, we need eight... Eight per person because we're spiders. So that and we we love shoes (laughs) shopping. Astral plane, like was where the gods live or whatever. And then she sends down her sort of spider people, women, women to get shoes from a shop. That's what women do. That's what women do. We shop and And steal and And then hearts. Then there was a big number, uh, big choreographed number where they all danced in high heel shoes. All the spider women. (laughs) Uh, I'm, also, I'm imagining them in a sorry. No, you're right. In a black suit, like a like a morph suit, but then just like pipe cleaners strapped to their backs <laughs> to look like extra arms. Can I just say that for me, this is what I imagine all musicals are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in any other context, that scene would win ten Tony yeah, Awards. No, isn't it confusing? I mean, she. Has won Tony Awards for yeah. direction. So oh, my like, God. Spider women with shoes. 
that would get a standing ovation for 15 minutes in some theatres. I think sometimes Because people lap this shit right? up. They turn on it and then everyone's on, on yeah. uh, kicking it. Yeah. With their... Eight legs. Eight legs. <laughs> but uh, audiences were really confused by this uh, little part of the show and others, but <laughs> this one was apparently no- notably confusing. So to, to clean it up, the whole go steal the shoes and then we'll have the tap dan- dancing scene or whatever... To clear that up, they didn't get rid of the dancing. What they did is they changed the line to, uh, I descended from the astral plane with the help of human shoes, the earthbound Arachne announced. Though according to the Times, that didn't seem to help audiences much. (laughs) So instead of the line about, go steal some shoes, she said, I descended from the astral plane with the help of human shoes. (laughs) Thomas thing I've ever heard. I don't understand. I really want to get my hands on the uh, the re- recordings of them in France in Bono's house. Yeah. One of them was like, "All right, how about we rewrite it? We just say uh, they got to, got to Earth with the help of shoes, and everyone just Is that starts. Right? Wait, yes, wait, yes, wait. Bono, yes, human shoes. Love it. Yes, Put it in. Not horseshoes. <laughs> it's so wild. I, I'm doubting that that's real. Where did I get that from? I'm pretty sure a, re- a reliable source. But fuck, that's funny. I think that was from the Times. That's insane. Oh, man. What do you mean? With the help of human shoes. <laughs> Got it. There we go. Nailed it. I saw next. A, I saw What's a dog next wearing problem? shoes yesterday. It was probably one of the highlights of my week. And it said, I'm walking down the street <laughs> with the help <laughs> of human shoes. <laughs> Dave can't swallow his water. Stop drinking during the show. Oh, I, mean, I, I get thirsty, but at the same time, I laugh at you guys. <laughs> <laughs> when you're, you're talking about the, uh, I think I'm, maybe I've got this written down somewhere later, but talking about how the costumes, <laughs> that's one thing that they were like Tony nominated okay. for costume well, I design. mean, there were four people whose job was shopping. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah, at first they were just going to steal. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so the costumes are good. I think despite, the costumes in are my good, yeah. imagination, they're very bad. Oh, you've got to watch this Letterman clip. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if they're good or not. <laughs> you they're me. big and wild. You show me, and I'll tell you. Oh, should we just should we pause now and watch it? Yeah. All right, everyone. Um, in the show notes, there'll be a, a a link to this video. We'll come back in a second. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving been, them for my wedding. That has been stressing. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> 
that is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. Yep, so we just watched it. What did what first instinct there? I hated that. Okay. I hated that a lot. Well... This, there was a lot going on. The too music, much. The music was just I couldn't I couldn't sing anything of any of it back to you. There was no melody. It was just all the freaks in New, New York City. I've listened to it a lot. Yeah, right. But it's sort of catchy. The costumes were in. I think either really over the top and amazing. Like they've spent lots of time and effort. The other, the backup dancers were wearing like flanny shirts and singlets. And I guess they were, made, they were just the people of New York. Trying to look like street, but they yeah. just looked a little underdressed to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should put on a tuxedo. What about, what about the uh, science ladies who are wearing sparkly lab coats? All right. That's they had my kind I was of science. Uh, so, yeah, um, we... We recorded us talking over it a little bit. If you're on Patreon, so you should be able to see that. Just slot it in there. Otherwise, a little yeah, Patreon commentary. You can um, just uh, look at the bloody link in the show notes to watch it yourself. And I reckon you should. Um, so yeah, that was the main guy. Dave pointed out, which I didn't even notice. Spider Man's not in. Yeah, Spider Man does not appear on stage at all. And David Letterman comes out the end and says, uh, so "You can see all these guys in Spider Man." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hang on, what? That's crazy. The guy who's playing the green go- green goblin. Yes, he's great. Yeah, he's and you were saying, Matt, that the reason that he was the showcase character was because he actually was popular with audiences, unlike anyone else. Maybe I think he was the one that critics would talk about as being. Um, uh, one of the standout performers. He's sure. very good. Yes. I think I'll talk a little bit about... Wait, was his tongue green? Yeah, I think and he, he had a... That must have been a bit based on uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss. He had the big long tongue. And he, had, he sort of had the top knot thing going on. Yeah. Prosthetic, you reckon? Top knot or tongue? Tongue. I don't think you could talk with a prosthetic tongue. That's true. I reckon they, you'd probably... They might have got him apart. He'd gargled something earlier that made his tongue look green. Can you imagine Alan <laughs> coming just... in that role? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can too, actually, yeah. yeah. I can imagine good. Alan coming in that role. <laughs> <laughs> Filled his suit every night. <laughs> Alan, no. <laughs> this is how I get into character. Get out of my dressing room. The other characters, That's old school the other characters started to complain that your suit smells. <laughs> I never wash my suit. <laughs> Your understudy who has to come in and play your role. <laughs> the understudy, the poor, poor young man. Uh, or woman, probably <laughs> so, a man, sorry. probably a man. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll kick back into the report from here. Um, the show took a lot of the criticisms on board and continued to rewrite the show with Harris conceding that while we don't agree with everything the critics said, we're not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, then you should you wouldn't have made a bad show in the first place. Oh, it's, hard. it's so tricky because he's like, where where the money people they did their job very well. They raised a record amount of money for a musical. They just didn't maybe they weren't honing everything in like they could have or something. It's hard to know. Mm. But really it sounds like the guy who had all those skills is the guy who died of a stroke at the yeah. start. Oh imagine. 
Um, him yeah, looking down, mm. shaking seemed, his head. From the way people write about it, if he was still around, it would have all been very different. Um, in early 2011, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa was enlisted by producers to help rewrite the script. So they're like, we, we need to do bigger changes than just like fiddling around the edges. We need to make wholesale changes. To by the this time, the cast have memorized so many different versions, <laughs> yeah. different acrobatic moves. Not long after Roberto was brought on, Tamor left the production. Oh. So I think it's sort of unclear if she was left or she pushed, was pushed or if she, or what happened. But, yeah, she, she was out. And Do you have any idea if she went on to do other stuff? Because before this, she's an acclaimed genius, The Lion King. That's a big credit to your name. But then you go from huge hit to big, obviously, maybe you could say flop. Yeah. Yeah. Something with a lot of... A lot of trouble. Did yeah. that ruin her career or can no, she go she, on to be a genius in other ways? She, I think The Lion King has Children's still been books. her biggest thing, but she has continued on um, with more... <laughs> what did you say, Jess? Children's books. Oh, right. There's always children's books. Can be a genius in other things, like children's books. She, so she's made films and she's... Um, what has she made since then? She did... A don't mid, tell me. A she, Midsummer's Cats, Night Dream in 2014. The Glorias this year, which I don't know what that is. Um, and she's... Worked on a bunch of other stage productions, including okay. uh, a few different Shakespeare turns, like A Midsummer's Night's Dream. Did I say that right? <laughs> too many she, plurals. No, it doesn't look like she's done too many things since. But she's, I mean, she's also, I don't know, she's 67, so maybe she's just slowing down naturally. Mm. It's hard to know. Yeah. But, <laughs> slowing down naturally. But she's like, she's still making stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. good. I just wasn't sure because, you know, it might have just ruined her. But. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. Well, I don't, hopefully it hasn't because it, like, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a teamwork thing and this one didn't quite come off, but. Mm. Uh, well, hopefully she just gets like 0.5% or whatever from the Lion King musical and yeah. like just bankrolled her forever. I think she ended up suing the producers for this and um, uh, settled out of court. So I think, she, you know, I, I don't think she's struggling for cash anyway. She won a – she got like a half a million dollar grant for um, – uh, it was called like a genius grant or something from oh, some arts well. body. Of course it was. <laughs> yeah. That's why she applied. <laughs> She's uh, like, hmm, that turns up my alley. <laughs> I'll take one of those. Yeah. A very clever person, Grant. No, thank you. <laughs> That's not quite me. That's not quite right. That's cute. Uh, the show's official opening continued to be pushed back, and when it was pushed back for the sixth time, they also shut down previews for nearly a month. Cole and Harris explained that the shutdown was due to the fact the story needed some work, the songs needed some work, and the sound needed some work. So show needed a fair bit of work at that yeah. point. The lighting needed some work. <laughs> but, um, but the ushers know what they're doing. They're in the ushers, they're great. honestly, they are ready to go at a, at a moment's notice. They're the highlight of the show. <laughs> you ask them which, which, which row is A, they'll tell you straight away. Oh, they know. No worries. Wow. Sci-Fi Wire noted that with all the changes and with no money or time to spare, scenes would be scrapped but the sets remained and had to be used in new ways they weren't intended for. <laughs> Songs were appropriated for new meanings and moments in the show, regardless of whether it made sense. <laughs> Characters were dropped or had their roles decreased. Not literally dropped, although that is also true. <laughs> uh, except for the Green Goblin, who ended up becoming the main villain of the show. What this led to was a mixed bag for the senses. Some scenes would look spectacular, while others seemed unbearably cheap. When it became clear that Paige's performance as the Green Goblin was one of the show's best assets, a new song was written 
called A Freak Like Me Needs Company, which is what we saw on The Late Show with David Letterman. Uh, and in it, it includes the line, I'm a $65 million circus tragedy. Actually, more like 75. <laughs> so it's just like calling. There's a, they've written into the show the budget. So, you know, having a bit of a sense of humor about themselves. Because during this whole time, apparently it's just in everything. Like late night monologues are talking about it every week. Mm. And it's just, uh, a, it's a big industry joke. I feel like I've seen it parodied in a sitcom. I want to say Kimmy Schmidt maybe. Yeah, I think it has been on Kimmy Schmidt. It's yes. been parodied on a bunch of things. The Simpsons has referenced it a few times as has Robot Chicken. Right. And uh, Saturday Night Live a three. lot of times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the official opening finally came around on June the 14th, 2011, at which point the budget had grown to $75 million. <laughs> By far the highest budget of a Broadway musical ever. Oh, my God. As I said before, for comparison, normal uh, budgets between 5 and $15 million. According to Vulture, the website, not the Spider-Man villain, <laughs> the next most expensive Broadway <laughs> musical is number, uh, at number two is 2008's Shrek the Musical. So this is the number two, $25 million. Fuck oh, me. You could have had three Shrek musicals. Yeah. And I wish we had more Shrek musicals. It's playing in Melbourne at the I moment. I know. So they've made that work. So I imagine they've made their money back if they're touring it internationally like that. Uh, Vulture broke down, again, the website, (laughs) broke down where the money was spent, including over $9.5 million on sets and costumes. So nearly more than some whole budgets were just on sets and costumes. Nearly $4.5 million to rent Foxwoods Theatre for the two years before the performances even began. So they're renting out this super expensive space without being able to get any income back from it. Around $2.2 million on flying equipment, over 400000 on props, and over 3700 370000 on puppets. What about paying the actors and all the staff? Much smaller costs, I think. <laughs> $3 a piece. Wow. Doing it for the love. you got to do theatre for love. Oh. Remember when paid. I said before, Dave, uh, that they sold one point something million in tickets? That yeah. week, and it was a real good week for them. The weekly production budget also blew out to around $1.3 million, meaning oh. the show had to regularly break ticket sales records to have any chance of recouping oh investors' God. money. Oh, my God. What are you thinking? So just that week, you'd have to, to make back that money's week, the yeah. money from that week. I think week. that's how I read it. Like, you need to be – you need to – so to make it back $75 million, you really got to be dubbed like it's going to run for eighty of, years yeah. and break a record every week. Yeah, which they did with a gross of two point nine million dollars for the week of December twenty fifth, two thousand eleven. So there was there was this period where it was looking pretty good. Uh, that was the highest one week take for any show ever, beating the record set by Wicked. I would love to know how much the tickets were. They weren't apparently weren't cheap. They were so. Fuck. In, yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> they were two point three million dollars. They sold one ticket. <laughs> they, 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 you know, they were just with that budget. They were, it was so hard to ever yeah. make it a success. And that's what uh, the full quote before, where um, one of the second producers called him a schmuck. The earlier guy he said, "Do you think this is a thirty million dollar show, which is what we've basically made it, or a sixty five million dollar show?" But that's because of all the money. That was wasted before we got here. By the schmuck. The and he's schmuck. still going, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> the show received a few <laughs> award nominations, including, like I said before, Tony nominations for costume and scenic design, 
The only actor to receive nominations was Patrick Page, who played the Green Goblin. He was nominated for Outstanding Featured Actor in a Musical at the Drama Desk Awards. Though apparently when he wasn't nominated for a Tony, he left the production. (gasps) Some said he was sort of hanging around because there was some buzz around him. As soon as the Tony nominations were announced, he... He He didn't get nominated. He didn't get nominated, so he left. Um, Because I think it was a a bit of a shit show, I guess, that it... It was hanging around. Yeah, there's a reason for it. Yeah, yeah. it'll build up my uh, career if I yeah. win a Tony. And then if you win a Tony for a performance, maybe you'd probably stick in it, and and yeah. that would be good for the show as well. Yeah, imagine. yeah, it's win-win. Uh, the show was generally reviewed more favorably after the script rewrite. Brantley, who I mentioned before, was scathing in his uh, review of the preview season. Uh, revised his thoughts, saying, "Quote." So is this ascent from jaw-dropping badness to mere mediocrity a step upward? Well, until last weekend, I would have recommended Spider-Man only to carry on feasting theatre vultures. Now, if I knew a less than precocious child of 10 or so and had several hundred dollars to throw (laughs) away, I would consider taking him or her to the new and improved Spider-Man. Pretty pretty good praise. <laughs> it's a long quote to put on the side of a subway <laughs> car, but they did it. Yeah, you'd say, what would you put in there? Uh, I would consider taking him or her to the new and improved Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, Linda Buckwald from stagegrade.com said, Critics actually miss some of Julie Taymor's ambition. Crazy as they may have thought it at the time, critics agree that the show is improved in that it makes much more sense. However, now they are mostly... Just finding it a bore. Bono and the Edge's score is almost universally panned, while Patrick Page's Green Goblin and stunning visuals remain, for most critics, the best reasons to see the show. I also saw someone mentioned that it had this cool sort of 2D effect, sort of like it's off the page, I guess, of a comic Ah. book, which I obviously on the only clip I've seen is that (laughs) that Letterman (laughs) clip, and that it doesn't seem to be the case there, but maybe the sets are that way or something. I think uh, that review there of Patrick Page, like him being the only redeeming quality, I would love that. Yeah. I would. I love being a big fish show. in a small pond. Right. Love that. Some people are like, bloody, you know, I want to get out there and make myself it. Fuck that. I, I want to stay with these mediocre dummies and appear great. Yes. Is that what you're doing here? I think that's what she might be saying. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying about this. And also, it does, it's starting to make sense while you hang around. Yeah. yeah. Why else would you hang look around? Look how good I look on this podcast. We make you look good. You make me look really good. Yeah, that's a compliment that you're paying us, right? Yeah, you make me look good. Improv is all about making your scene partner look good. Yep. And if anything, a podcast is really just a long-form oh, improv. It's long-form improv. Mm. We're basically doing a Harold right now. <laughs> I'm doing Harold. <laughs> look at me. I'm doing Harold. Am I saying that right? And scene. Thank you. So they've lost the only thing about the show that people like because he left. Yes. Uh, here is a list of injuries. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I mentioned before that stuntman Christopher Tierney mm. fell 30 feet, breaking multiple bones. Terrifying. But then he recovered and returned to the Don't. <laughs> come back. Sue them. <laughs> Vulture notes that uh, there were many other injuries on set, including Kevin Auburn, who broke both wrists when he was catapulted from one end of the stage to the other in October 2010. Brandon Rubendahl broke a toe that same month doing the same stunt as Auburn. No, not a toe. Natalie Mendoza, who played in the previews, played the villain Arachne. She suffered a concussion during the first preview on November 28, 2010, when she was struck in the head with a piece of equipment while standing in the wings. 
And then this is the most full-on one. On August the 15th, 2013, Daniel Curry, a stunt double, got his right foot stuck in a stage lift and then a trapdoor closed on the foot, breaking the foot and both of his legs and necessitating, quote, unspecified amputations. Oh! Isn't that... What that, the fuck? Oh. oh! I'm so confused why that guy, the one who broke every bone, went back. Yeah, he just... I guess it stuntmen. I think yeah, they they just kind of mad. Don't go back. Sue them <laughs> for negligence and get a better job. I think you're misunderstanding. This is in America. It's not a very litigious society. <laughs> Interesting. So, but that guy lost his feet, possibly his legs. Oh my well, god! Yeah, I, I, like it feels like someone should be able to find out. Unspecified amputations. That's so awful. Ugh. Um, anyway, yeah, that is obviously that's. It's, I mean, in some ways, it seems like it's lucky no one died, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that's still like, guys, Jesus, that's a feels like a night, like a brutal nightmare. Anyhow, all good things must come to an end, <laughs> and by September two thousand and thirteen. The box office gross had slipped to $621,960, so so less than half the running budget. Mm. The slipping ticket sales, as well as understandably struggling struggling to secure injury insurance, meant the show was closed on January the 4th, 2014, ending one of the most tumultuous Broadway runs of all time, with investors losing an estimated $60 million. Oh, God. My God, that sucks. The show's infamy has led to it being spoofed in popular culture, like I mentioned before, Simpsons, Robot Chicken, SNL, and also Sesame Street. Oh, my God, even Sesame, Sesame Street's, Street's having going a swing. <laughs> yeah, they're kicking you while you're down. The producers have long talked about touring the show internationally to help recoup the losses. A residency in Las Vegas has also been speculated about for a long time, and there was even a website that was put together, so I think it got pretty close. Uh, but as as of 2020... Still, uh, nothing has happened there. The 2014 performance was the last that's happened. But if it toured internationally, would people go to see it? I feel like they would. I feel like it's so famous. I'd go to see the train. I'd hope. I'd go hoping it was bad. Which I think is what a lot of people went to at the oh, time. Oh, that there was a, But there was a mix of some people. I mean, I've read a lot of quotes from people also saying, we, we loved it. It's so much fun. Some people went back again and again. But other people going, yeah, we want to see someone fall from the sky. That's amazing. Like going to see a, a monster truck show or something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Same reason. <laughs> Fuck him up! Uh, Tamor, like I said before, sued so the producers, uh, eventually settled with What'd them. What did you sue them for? I'm guessing it's like some sort of breach of contract or right. something. Um and she seems to blame Bono and the Edge the most for the show's issues. Why? So they've had a real falling out. They were quite close and friendly and I think... They were they, barely they, there. They, they came they just, in well, right, I think songs. for those sort of reasons. Okay, well, fucking maybe attach a fucking safety thing. Oh, yeah. I don't mean, I don't think she's blaming them for the for the injuries more yeah, than... Again, it no, was no, Bono's no, but job. I mean, like, of all the things that went wrong, yeah, yeah. there aren't critics who are like, I mean, everything's perfect, but the music's trash. Yeah. That's not what's happening here. Right. It's that you're changing the script. Fucking... Ah! But I wonder. I wonder if. I mean, in her mind, I wonder if she's like, if they were around more, we could have worked out a more coherent story. Maybe I don't know. 
I'm just the messenger, Jess. <laughs> but also, I will defend Tamor to the death. <laughs> and I will defend Bono to the death. No, I, I, I just shit. naturally two, love two them all. I think I, I, lo- I, wanna, I love them all and I just want them all to be successful. Uh, Isn't it funny to, for me to have this underdog um, support for mm. people like Bono and the Edge? <laughs> I'm like, oh, everyone has a go at them. You know, they're all right, aren't they? You're a real... They're just having a go, but they're like... Multi-millionaires. Yeah. Can't these little guys just have a bit of success? <laughs> they don't need your pity. No, you're I know. A... I don't know why I do it, but I, I really feel for them. Yeah. You're it's a real people... Garfinkel. <laughs> yeah, I am a bit of a Garfinkel. I think. just wanted everyone to have a good time. They really, mm. they just, I don't know why they, it feels mean that they attract so much hate. Anyway. But pay so little tax. Am I right, Dave? Yeah, oh, hell yeah. yeah Stick okay. it to them. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'll finish with the, these words from the co-writer of the show, uh, Mr. Berger. Uh, he remains somewhat upbeat about it all. He's probably been the one who's <laughs> talked. <laughs> you don't remember Mr. Berger? No. Mr. Berger. Neither it, of us remembered and we looked at each other like, well, telepathically, Dave and I spoke to each other just then. Said, Glenn, do you remember Mr. Berger? And they said, I do not. Well, I called him Glenn Berger before, but right. now. Then I thought maybe it was Miss De Berger. Uh, <laughs> Christaberg. Yeah, and then I thought of Christaberg. <laughs> Do I tell this story every time he comes up when I like it's not it's one of those you have to be there moments. <laughs> every time he comes up, which is weekly at this stage. <laughs> when I was in backpacking and we're in Prague. No, we're in Krakow. One of my mates, the, we got all of a sudden we got the run of this bar. We're behind the bar, we're playing the music, we're pouring our own drinks. I don't know what happened. Oh, anyway, Poland's great. And then, <laughs> and then the lady in red came on. My mate was wearing a red T-shirt and he took his shirt off and put it on a stool and then just started slow dancing with the stool. <laughs> and I, I've never cried and laughed so hard. Maybe not until that pack of loose dogs or whatever in, in one of those bonus episodes. Anyway, I'm glad I recounted that to you guys. That's beautiful. That it's was a, a beautiful nice moment. moment. It's a lovely a really beautiful moment. moment. That's lovely. And he fucked that chair. <laughs> And the chair fucked him. Yeah. We went to Auschwitz that week. What wow. a roller coaster! Yeah, of wow, wow, big anyway, week. <laughs> Miss De Berg or Mister Burger? Ah, uh, the Burger, Mister the Burger. Um, so he uh, he seems he's the one that's been talking the most. He's written a book about it. He does. Po- he's been on podcasts and interviewed a lot. Uh, and this is what he, this quote says: "What gets lost in this story is how many people actually wound up loving the show." For a lot of people, because it was Spider-Man, it was their first musical ever. And for some, it was kind of a gateway drug. They were turned onto Broadway musicals in a way they hadn't been before. <laughs> so he's sort of saying, this has kind of saved Broadway. In a way. Yeah, in, in, a, a way. in a way, in many ways. Well, in our way. In yeah. a way, I am the king of Broadway. Yeah. I am Mr. Burger. Bow down to your king, Broadway. <laughs> I don't. Did I mention, uh, was this... Telling you off podcast, the reason it's called Turn Off the Dark is not clear from watching the musical apparently, mm-hmm. but it was a, it was a phrase that one of the key decision makers' kids would say when he wanted his parents to turn a light on. Mummy, turn off the dark. And they go, that's real cute. That is cute. Let's name this that is, But musical. what has that got to do with yeah, Spider-Man? nothing. I guess the dark is badness is probably what they were thinking. But, yeah, it doesn't seem oh, to have any literal connection. Sounds bad. So do you have it? any idea what the plot was? Like, does Spider-Man have to beat? Is it like, you know? It ended, well, it changed so much. Oh, right, oh, of course. God. It changed so much. But in the end, I think it was pretty much just based on t- the t- first two of the big Spider-Man movies. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they spent all that time, came up with their own superheroes, their own bad guys, all the script, and in the end they just went, print the script off for <laughs> Spider-Man 1 and 2, staple them together and hand it to the cast. We're good to go. I just, uh, you know, did I mention on the pod I've just bumped into Brie Williams and mm-hmm. Meso on the way here, and Brie saw it and she said they never even say, it's an origin story for Spider-Man, but they never even say with great power comes great responsibility and Uncle Ben's role is very small in it. So it's not exactly the same. Apparently they've merged a few of the storylines. I read somewhere that it was um, the Green Goblin's storyline was kind of the merge between the Green Goblin from the movie mm-hmm. and the Dr. Ock storylines maybe. Uh and I think at some point the big fight between Spider-Man and the Green Goblin happened relatively early in the show. And then someone, no, I learned this again from uh, you talking you two to me. Apparently <laughs> so one of the stagehands or someone, something said, oh, should, you should have the big fight sequence at the end of the show. And, they, and then people were like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that does make sense. Fuck give me. this give this stagehand a million dollars. Stop giving away money, first of all. I think because Mr. Berger wrote this scene where uh, they were up on the top of the Empire State Building, and that's where the fight happened, and a piano fell off, and that's how the Green Goblin died. I think. Pretty cool stuff. I really want to see this. And then he said, "Put it at the end," and they went, "Genius, genius." Bree so said it was. She was so excited to talk about it. And I said, so was it good? And she said, oh, my God, no. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was awful, but it, it was really fun to watch. Yeah, okay, yeah. I would hate watch it. Like yeah. I love to watch bad films on Netflix. Right. I, I live for it. Yeah, don't you and your friend have a special night where you do Yeah, we did it on Friday. You get what together. Did you watch? It's the best. Well, we watched uh, the sequel to, to All the Boys I Loved Before or whatever. It's called like... To all the boys I still love, P.S. Still Love You Part 2. Like, it's fucked. And it was, the first one was good. The second one, trash. It was so bad. And then we watched something else terrible afterwards. One of our favorites that we've, that we've watched is a girl who has to move from California to Adelaide. Here we go. Loving for, this. Story. I'm strapped. So I'm assuming for a parent's work or something. And then she joins the gymnastics team at this high school and all the other high school girls are like very competitive because they want to get scholarships to college. Okay. First of all, we don't call it college here. Um, second of all, don't need scholarships. Um, why did it, why was Adelaide written into so it's clearly an American script? No, there's one American in Adelaide. Ah. Uh. So it is an Australian movie. Yeah. I'm guessing funded by the state of South Australia. Who knows? <laughs> they're like, yeah, we uh, need to do gymnastics. Tomorrow we're going to be performing for President Bush. <laughs> what are you talking about? I can't about? afford to go to college. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. You absolutely can. Spring break, everybody. <laughs> anyway, it was great. That does sound great. And that brings us to the end of the report. Hooray! That, that was a ripper. I had a great time with that. I reckon I, would, I had more time, fun hearing about that than I would seeing the show. Big time. Yeah, I, I just would I would sit there and just cringe. I do find, yeah, musicals, I'm not, I've got a weird relationship with them. I mean, I hardly have ever seen any, but uh, when I have, they always feel a bit weird. Yeah. The, the Green Goblin vibe, it was kind of similar to the, not really, but a little bit similar to the, Buffy the musical bad guy, <laughs> which is one of my only touchstones for musical stuff. Also, uh, Annie, Little Orphan Annie. Of course. Fantastic. You love Little Orphan I love Annie. Little Orphan Annie. <laughs> Why do I smell wet dog? <laughs> <laughs>
Great line. Even better than, I've come down with the help of human shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Human shoes. I need to specify. Uh, so that brings us to the point of the show that everyone loves. It's called the Fact, Quote, or Question section of the show, and you can get involved in this if you go to patreon.com slash pod. You can ask us a fact, a quote, or a question. You can't ask us two of those three, but you can you tell the us idea. the other two. If you join on the Sydney Schoenberg Deluxe Memorial Rest in Peace edition level, and this week we have Phil Bourgeois. How do I not know his name yet? I'm, Bourgeois? Bourgeois, is it? Phil Bourgeois. And you get to give yourself a title, and Phil's given himself the title of Senior Executive of Bleeping Out C Bleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I would really love it if you could do that role um, because then we could just start talking freely again. Yeah. We wouldn't have to censor ourselves anymore. As soon as we stop recording each week, I say, Cunt! (laughs) Real, oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Phil, I'm going to need you. Phil, your, we need you. Phil, get him in. Get Phil in. Uh, <laughs> so Phil's given us a quote, and his quote is, Outside of a dog, a book is man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's, it's too, too dark, dark to, to read. read. Groucho Marx. Mm. Good line. Had that on a bookmark at some point. <laughs> As thinking. a kid, I thought that was so funny and also thought I was very sophisticated for understanding it. I think it is. I think that is a, very, it's a great line. Do you think I was sophisticated, though, for getting it? Yes. Fuck yeah. Knowing <laughs> Groucho Marx's work, very sophisticated. Well, that puts you in the top 2% of society. Yep. Thank you. I think you might even get a phone call from... Uh... Mensa? No, no, I was thinking my, my friend Trudy. <laughs> she just loves those kind of quotes. Oh. Jacket, uh, thank you so much, Phil Bourgeois. Please don't give Trudy my number. Huh. Okay. Well... <laughs> Jacoby D'Angel. Jacoby. <laughs> it's Jacoby. Jacoby Dangle. Da- I think it's D'Angel. Jacoby D'Angel. Jacoby D'Angel uh, has given himself the title of writer, director, cinematographer, editor, producer, executive producer, best boy, and actor of the Do Go On movie. I think that might have been your title last time around. I love consistency. Mm. I think Jacoby. When the Patreon group put together the birthday message mm-hmm. for Jess and I, he was the one standing in front of the Hollywood. He was. Yes. yes. He's so a, he's I think he might be a, you know, a well-connected maker. movie mogul. Yep. So uh, we appreciate so him being on board. board. It's the kind of man we need on the team. And uh, the budget has already gone $75 million <laughs> over. So we really need someone <laughs> to put him in a box. Otherwise, it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger. Jacoby's also given us a quote writing, Hey, guys, I don't have anything too fancy this time around. This quote is from my favourite movie. See if you can guess it. Bracket. Or use the internet bracket. All right. No, I shan't be doing that. I've I will got, guess. I've got the internet already here. <laughs> Life moves pretty fast. If you don't, don't stop, stop and look, look around, once, around in a while. once in a while, you could miss it. Mm-hmm. Did you put that on a bookmark as well? Is that yeah. Groucho Marx? Groucho Marx, lock it in. I had that on a bookmark. Is that uh, Forrest Gump? No. Starts with an F. Uh, Vin Forrest Diesel. Whitaker. Do you know Dave? Forrest. Surely you know. What was the actual quote? Can you hear, can I hear it again? In a, sentence, moves, in a sentence, please. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. If you think I know it, is it Terminator 2? Uh, it's an F movie. Ferris Bueller. Oh, of course. I said it in a weird voice, which made me not realize who it is. 
Yeah, he says that to the audience. Mm -hmm. Great film. Great film. Annoying. I assumed it was just a movie I hadn't seen. <laughs> but I, it's one of my favourite films. It's great. It's a I good movie. It, I love it so much. Love it. Watch it frequently. Have you uh, seen it? Yeah. Didn't love it. No, no, I don't dislike it. It's one of those ones that I've seen so long ago. Yeah, I don't, right. I know I've seen it. I know a couple of the famous scenes, but I can't remember if that's from my own memory or just pop culture. Bueller. Bueller. Classic. Classic. Bit of stuff on the phone. Yep. Pranking the principal or yeah, something. Yeah, a lot of yeah. that, yep. So he's got a nice car. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cameron's dad's car. Mm -hmm. mm, all right, I should. All right, I'll watch should it. And watch I'll let it. you know. Let Let's you know. watch it together. Yes. Come round. I'll put on some popcorn. Great. You're excited for that, but when I want to watch Terminator Two, you give me I'm no, busy. no acceptance. I'm up for it if there's popcorn. Very busy. We're doing it for my Patreon bonus episode. Love it. Mm. Keen. Going to be so much fun. Who's got the comfiest couch? Uh, it's not me. Is your couch not comfy? No, it sucks. Oh. I'm getting rid of it when we move. It sucks so much. S sinks in the middle. Oh, what a shocker. It sucks. Sinks in the middle and a sieve spoon. A little Bob Blue and a man on the moon. Sinks in the middle, son, I don't know when. <laughs> it's in the middle, son. <laughs> I know what's in the middle, sink, son. <laughs> sink, 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 son. My son's a sink. <laughs> I'd like to dedicate that to Jacoby. <laughs> My son. Uh, My son, Jacoby. Jacoby. <laughs> uh, Jacoby. Jacoby of all trades. <laughs> uh, so now we like to thank a few Patreon supporters. Mm -hmm. And normally Jess has a little game to play. Oh, yeah. Let's name their musical after something a child would say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. All right. First off, I'd love to thank from Victoria... Meg Stevens. Meg Stevens. Meg Stevens. <laughs> the musical is, I did a poo. Sorry about that, Meg, but that. <laughs> a what? kid would yell that. A kid would yell but that. It, but it's going to, it's not going to be just called, I, I did, did a poo. A poo. That's it's like, be, that's I, a, I did a whoopsie. It's going to be called, <laughs> I did a whoopsie. Willy Wonka, I, I did, did a poo. A, I did a whoopsie. I did a whoopsie. Willy Wonka, I did a poo. In brackets, I did a whoopsie. Yeah. I mean, there's too many people on this project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no bad ideas. There's no good ones Sadly, here either. There are no bad ideas. Okay. Thank you so much, Meg. Good uh, on you, Meg, Stephen. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, from Also from Victoria, I'd love to thank Tim Williams. <laughs> Why we just gave you nothing there? Tim Williams. Tim Will Timmy Will. Timmy Will. All right. Uh, Danger Mouse. I did a whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. I don't know if you realize this, but that's, that's one Dave just What do you did. mean? Okay, you want me to go again? Dave, give me Danger Mouse again. Okay, uh, at my musical that um, that I produced with the uh, with the uh, sponsorship of Tim Williams mm -hmm. is Danger Mouse. Paschetti. <laughs> oh, that made me hungry. The kid would say, "Yeah, Danger Mouse Paschetti." Mm. Pass me the Paschetti. Fantastic, Tim. Great musical. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, obviously, the Paschetti has very little to do with the film. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> and also the musical too. Yeah. I I'll thank some people also. Thank Please. You. I would love to thank from uh, Queensland. We've met in our shows in Brisbane. I would love to thank Jessica Rahajo. Ooh, Jessica. Captain Rahajo. Planet. Ah, oh, there's a spider in my bed. <laughs> Classic kids. <laughs> I mean, these kids are really forming... Full sentences. 
I would say there's a spider in my bed. If there okay. was a spider in my bed. Right. Well, if you could give an example of what you actually wanted when you came up with this game, <laughs> I, would, I would really appreciate no, it. No, no, no. No criticism. Just saying these are very advanced kids. Sorry. Sorry if that came across right, criticism uh, for you that want me dumb to, idea. Do you want me to dumb it down? Um, yeah, dumb uh, it down. Captain Planet, Spidey Bad Bad. Great. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Now he's getting it. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jessica. Thanks, Jessica. I would also love to thank from San Antonio in ah, Texas. Spurs country. I wonder if David Robinson is one of your neighbours. Probably. <laughs> and he's talking to you, Frank John Villarreal. <laughs> Don't worry, I think you got away with it. FJV. FJV. Wow. Maybe he knows Paddy Mills, Australian basketballer, plays for the Spurs. I'm sure he knows him, I'm sure. Okay, so this one is uh, going to be a film called Batman. No, please. No, please. That's nice. No, One of my please. friends used to say yes, please, and no, please, and her parents never corrected her because it was very cute. I think no, please is great. No, please. Batman, no, please. Yeah. No, please. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That might almost make sense. You could have one of the um, Jokers, uh, like uh, clown people mm-hmm. being tormented, tortured, and he said, no, please. But it also leaves it open to the reviewer being like, yeah, no one was pleased. Yeah. Batman, no please, they got that right. Yeah. Uh, this whole movie was a whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Frank. We appreciate it. Dave. All right, I would like to uh, finally bring us home with uh, thanking a couple of people now. From Preston in Tasmania, I would like to thank Thomas Jewell. Thomas Jewell. Thomas Jewell, who, of course, uh, is producing the Top Cat musical. Top Cat. Can I have $5? Top Cat, can I have $5? (laughs) A story of rags to riches. Yes. (laughs) And you've got to write it in that voice somehow. Yeah. No, it's just a different font. Yeah. Should be easy enough to do. Whiny font. Yeah. A real whiny font. Can I come to? Oh. (laughs) Great bit. Great bit. Thank you to all of our supporters. Oh, there's one more. There's one more, but I've just lost the page. Oh, well, I've got it here if you want me to say it, and then you can say it All right, bring it up, bring it up. Who we got? Who we got? Who am I thinking? Wow, I don't know what all this means, but from Portland, Oregon, first name round, second name (laughs) Hill Pacific. (laughs) (laughs) Round Hill Pacific. Oh, hang on. No, I think the name is after that. Mina Northrup. I like Round Hill Pacific. Mina Northrup. Yes. Okay, he's an adaptation. From of- Portland, Trailblazers country. I wonder if she knows. <laughs> I can't. Can you remember any Trailblazers players? No. Uh, neither. That's bad. Okay. Nina, I didn't even know her. <laughs> that's a good Classic stuff. kid. Kid would phrase. say that. Yeah. Kid would say that. And that's the name of the Dragon Ball Z musical. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Amina, I didn't even know her. That was, yeah, I remember like a real small version of like Bob Hope or something. Yeah. Child Bob Hope would have said A little that. golf club. Yeah. <laughs> Just walking around. Mini golf. Very cute. So cute. So cute. Do thank we have- you so much to all our supporters. Yeah, thank you so much to everyone. Do we have any members of the oh. Triptych Club this week? Yes. And Dave, did you see that on Twitter someone emailed us a font, a sparkly font? Yes, it was a use. place to hang your cape. Thanks so much for that, mate. Thank you, David. Sadly, will not be required Wait, this, <laughs> this time. What do you mean not so be stand required? Stand down. Stand down. Um, I don't understand how that, what do you mean not be required? Dave. Appreciate that, though. Appreciate it. 
you appreciate. Appreciate the, the thought. It's the thought that counts. Okay. But sadly, will not be required. Mate, okay. you're confusing me. We have four inductees this week into the la da Yep. Triptych Club. Four. Black tie only. Got it. From Madison, West Virginia, probably. It's Tyler Thompson. Tyler Thompson. Double T. Harlow, Essex in Great Britain. Jordan Elmer. Jordan. From Ontario, Canada. It's Kathleen Neves. Nevers, Neves, Neves. Wow. How many hyphens? Kathleen (laughs) Kathleen Neves. And from Frome in Somerset, Great Britain. (laughs) It's Will Way. Will Way. Tyler, Jordan, Kathleen, Will, welcome. (laughs) 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 Okay. Uh, I didn't know we do that every week, but I love it. We don't do it every week. This week is party week in the club. Oosh, 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 oosh. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that party. Now, yeah, everybody, thank you. get out. Click, take some rubbish with you on the way out. Please. Many hands make light work. Thank you. Not too much to ask. Thank you so much, all of you, for you are, we are humbled by your presence. Thanks so much for coming in. It's good to see you in here. Hopefully, you enjoy touching the velvety things we have sprinkled around the place. So much. Yep. Sort of velvet. Touch it. We have four. We've we've got four professional velvet shoppers. Yeah, at all times. Yep. Yeah. We are quite a few amateurs. That's right. We are so in debt. Our running costs here are one point five million a week. (laughs) So that does that bring us into the episode? What it does. Well, if people want to support us on Patreon, let's not forget that they can get some bonus episodes on there, including our most recent one, which was a a report on a very often requested topic, and that is. Golfer, businessman, extraordinaire, <laughs> Greg the Shark Norman. Yeah, what a what a roller coaster that was. That, that, was, a, that was a great fun report. It actually was really fun. And we used to say that there were mini episodes, and sometimes people say, "How long are they?" This one went for an hour, and most of them do. So, yeah, if you want to get some bonus many. content any week and at the same time support the show, you can do that at Patreon.com/slash/DoOnPod. Mm-hmm. And anyone that does that, and we'll also put out the uh, a little commentary of the David Letterman. Spider-Man clip that we just put up. So yeah. That's a bonus, just for fun. And it's a bonus. Not, I would not say that is something that is uh, <laughs> worth you doing, especially no, but a fun but little tidbit there. bonus. Yeah. We're not far off um, reaching our next goal on Patreon, uh, at which time we will be recording Phrasing the Bar. Oh, yeah, right. The podcast that we have promised for years now. We go through the filmography of Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Fraser. I can't, I don't know how to say his name. I'm guessing we'll find out. You'll find out on episode one. Fraser. Fraser. Yeah. Well, how close? We're getting close. Yeah. Relatively. Relatively close. Wow. Relatively close. Yeah. What are we, cousins? All right. (laughs) That's good stuff. And also the signal that we are, or at least I. We got to go. And beyond. Hey. (laughs) You are beyond. Hey, Dave. Hey, Jess. Can we. Turn on the dark. That means turn off the lights. Oh, no, 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 Matt. Then we just need to get out of the room, and then we can go to our homes. Oh, I just sit here in the dark normally. Oh, what are you? What? Yeah, no. Us I two. assumed you were both there. Us too. Yep. Hmm. Is that why you don't immediately turn off the dark when I ask you to? <laughs> turn off the dark. Jess, Dave, one of you, please turn off the dark. <laughs> oh, that's very I cute. can't see in here. <laughs> please, and can I have five dollars? <laughs> I've done a whoopsie. You need to buy new pants. 
and yes, it has been a good time. Yes, we've had fun, but all good things must come to an end. Please find us on Facebook and other social medias like Twitter and Instagram at what's this one called? Do go on pod. And do go on pod.com is the website. We and own that. At Gmail is the Gmail. Yes. Send us an email. And merch is on the website. Buy yes. t-shirts. Come and do it. <laughs> T-shirts and pins. Lots of fun stuff. I think I'm going to put my primates beanies on there too. Great. So if people want to do all their shopping in a one hot top spot. <laughs> hot hot spot. One stop spot. I really hope One that. stop spot. Just just wrap it up. Let's get the fuck yeah, out of here. You're losing here. your mind. Thanks, everybody. Until one next week, I'll say thank one you. One stop shop. Yes. And goodbye. Later. Bye. Turn off the dark. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.